And then going forward, think about, even if you're not planning on taking investors right now, have those conversations, make yourself a thought leader, go out and start a meetup, start a blog, start you know, a newsletter. So you can just start creating that personality persona you want to project. And then once, you know, six months, a year, two years down the road, once you build up to that level, you already have a following, you already have people that be interested in working with you as an investor. So think about, don't think about the right now, think about where you want to be and act as if, act as if you're already there, right? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the JW Equity Partners YouTube channel and podcast. Today on the show, we've got Jens Nielsen. Jens is a real estate syndicator and a friend of mine, um, originally from Denmark. Jens moved to the United States in uh, 1996, and he has worked in telecommunications and IT, where he began to shift his focus from being an employee to an entrepreneur. Jens got into multifamily real estate investing because it seemed like the obvious choice due to the many benefits. And in 2016, he started investing and currently is the owner of a 75, 74 apartment units and mobile home lots in New Mexico and Colorado. Um, Yen has co-sponsored multifamily syndications, uh, specializing in underwriting, due diligence, capital raising, and investor relations. And in the last couple of years, Jens has raised over $2 million for four different deals, totaling over 775 units. Um, Jens himself has passively invested in 14 syndications, private investments, and those projects span over 800 apartment units, 2,000 mobile park lots, and over 6,000 storage units. Um, his mission is to get more people to invest in private placements for strong cash flow and equity growth. And his company's mission is to open doors to secure your financial future through multifamily investing. Jens is passionate, passionate about teaching and helping others achieve success. He uses his knowledge and skills to coach and train new students in multifamily real estate investing. And in the past two years, Jens has coached 15 students and conducted over 150 coaching calls. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Jens. That's an impressive track record you have so far in real estate. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk to you today. And thanks for reading through my bio there. That's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting, you know, coming uh, from Denmark, uh, that you've been able to navigate and have such success in, in, in real estate in the United States. Um, what was it that first drew you to real estate and then multifamily in particular? Yeah, you know, so like everybody else, I got the education, I got the jobs and saved my 401k and, you know, that has worked out well, you know, IT and telecommunication has been a good business to be, be in, but I also realized it's a job and if I ever wanted to retire, you know, I could continue to save my 401k for another 20 years and then maybe be able to retire or maybe not. And a few years ago, I, I was like, man, I need to do something else that's not just trading my time for money. You know, and everything I looked at was just, hey, this is just another job, uh, you know, consulting or anything like that. Everything is just another job. I realized so many people have achieved financial freedom, uh, wealth for them, for their families and help their community by investing in, in multifamily. Because if you get a setup right, you have somebody else to manage it. Not, it's not completely passive, but it could be very hands off. And, you know, once you get it all set up, you can make money by in your sleep, essentially. Your, your tenants will pay your 
your, your, your debt down and give you some cash flow and the property will appreciate over time. So it's like, man, this is just, that's the approach. That's really the way to do it. And that's the realization I had there, you know, four or five years ago. That's such a common, common story that I hear from previous guests and everybody I talk to that, that gets into this business is having more control over your financial future instead of, um, you know, just stockpiling um, money into the stock market um, and really not having any amount of certainty of uh, that, that money being available um, in that 401k. Um, and right now being a perfect uh, example of all the people that are kind of concerned about their retirement savings. You know, here we are in um, almost uh, mid-April and um, the stock market is, and nobody knows which direction it's going to go. Um, so like you, you and I were talking before the interview, Jens, this is kind of a, for, for real estate investors and folks that have been promoting real estate investments during this bull run in the stock market, it's kind of a, I told you so moment, right? I mean, what, what kind of conversations have you been having with investors before this hit? I mean, what kind of, did you get resistance to real estate as an investment versus uh, traditional stocks? Yeah. I mean, it's been tough to compete with, you know, 20 or 30% rise in the stock market year over year uh, uh, versus ours, which is, you know, maybe eight to 10, 12%. So it's been a little bit tough in the last few years to say, well, you should invest in this because we can give you 8% a year in cash flows. Like, well, my stocks are up, God knows how much. So yes, maybe they are right now, but also tomorrow they could be down quite a bit. And it was, it's very interesting. Uh, one of my investors had, you know, invested in Amazon and, Microsoft and the car sold up so much. I'm like, well, I got this deal coming up. Maybe you should sell some of this and, and get into a little bit more of a stable, uh, uh, pre pre you know, predictable investment. And then like, you know, all this stuff happened. And it's like, oh man, it's down so much. I don't think I can even invest now because I can't pull it out. I said, well, maybe. Then, you know, it came up a little bit again. It's like, no, I want in. So he's still committed. Now I kind of realized that maybe it's time to diversify. I'm not saying you should put all your money into real estate, but just having a little bit of a balanced portfolio. And I think, and I think a lot of people don't even know that you can put money into, you know, private placements, essentially, you know, syndication. You know, and people think, oh, if I need to be in real estate, I have to buy something myself and I don't want to manage a house or a fourplex or whatever it is. And so even that education of how you can get into to real estate investing not through a REIT, which has all kinds of problems, in my opinion. So those that's are really good things. Service, you know, that, exactly. A lot of people just don't know, just like you're saying. It's, and that's, that's what folks like you are, are out there specializing in helping folks understand that this is an option. You don't have to buy a single family rental property in your neighborhood to get into real estate. You don't have to manage tenants and toilets. and <laughs> You don't have to manage collecting the rent. Um, but right now, you know, it's back to the stock market, you know, if you're investing in Amazon, you don't know the CEO, you don't, you don't have any control over the decisions that company makes. But when you get into these investment, uh, uh, real estate investments, you actually know where your money is and who is in control of it. And you can hop on the phone with them. Um, plus, I think one of the great things is, you know, shelter is a basic necessity for life. And it's always going to have intrinsic value to it. Uh, you know, they're not making any more land and everybody needs a roof to sleep under. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. So it's definitely really interesting times. I'm excited to, to be talking with you right now, Jens, uh, to see what, how this 
is impacting the discussions you're having with your investors. Um, but you also work full time uh, as an IT manager. And I think that's really interesting. A lot of uh, uh, folks I know, I, I now work full time in real estate as a commercial agent uh, myself, but uh, for the first five years I was in real estate, I was also juggling the W-2 uh, income. How did you uh, find such a great balance? I know you've been in real estate for quite a while, um, but you've found a good balance uh, with your full-time job. Um, how, does, uh, how does that work for you? Yeah, so, you know, I realized, you know, early on that it's going to take a while to build a real estate portfolio to replace a significant amount of my income. It's not a get rich quick scheme. Like it's kind of get wealthy over slowly. So I was like, okay, I got to find a way to balance both, right? Um, so really what I decided to do is like really look at my day and said, okay, you know, we all have the same 24 hours in the day. How we use them is really what the difference is, right? So I'm very diligent around getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning and really spending that first hour, hour and a half to just on myself, like my my personal growth, my goals, my, you know, what I want to achieve. So that's always first front of mind, right? I know what am I supposed to, what am I deciding to work on this week? What do I need to do today to go get further towards those goals, right? So is that, is that first hour in the morning, is that um, like a time that you use for planning or do you use it for exercise, meditation? What, what does that first hour look like? It's kind of a combination. Oh. It is. It is some exercise. It's 20 minutes of, of some light exercise. It is like 20 minutes of looking at my goals, doing some, you know, I got my journal right here, doing some journaling. And, and then it's planning out what are, what are the five things I need to work on today uh, to, to work towards the goals that I planned out, you know, on Friday, sorry, on Sunday or Monday morning. And then I do, right now I'm, in, I'm writing a bunch of articles for my blog, so I'm working on that or I will do some reading. So just kind of like, you know, an hour, hour and a half, just focus on stuff that can help me grow because I have, you know, once the day gets started, there's all kinds of expectation that comes from all directions and staying focused can be more challenging. So that's really my time right there. Right, once your day gets started, it's uh, all of a sudden you have to react to all of the, the everybody else's requests, right? Uh, so that I think that's so important such such an important time right to get get done what is most important first in the morning um did you say you set like five goals for the for the week uh no i said you know three to five goals for the week and then i try to have five things every day that will do something for my business you know so if my goal for the week was hey i need to reach out to five investors about this deal. Okay, so maybe every day there'll be one investor I reach out to. So kind of chunk it down every day to, to more granular uh, actions I need to take, right? Um, awesome. It's called the rule of five. Have five things every day that works towards your business. So that's, uh, that's what I, I practice. Did you, did you make that up or did you get No, that? I didn't make it up. <laughs> I can't remember, I read it somewhere. Um, okay. So. But it's worked for you. I can see it working for a lot of folks. Yeah. Um, you know, and then to maybe expand on that. So, you know, obviously I go to work, I have some flexibility. So there will be some times, you know, being in the office, I can call a broker or call an investor or connect with something, um, do my lunch and other breaks, right? And then when I get home, right, I, I'm very, I'm very diligent around, you know, spend some time with my wife, have some dinner. And then there's another two or three hours every night, usually doing coaching on the right deals, 
or if an investor is going to a meetup, whatever it is, right? So, so it really is a full day by the time I go to bed. Uh, it's, been, it's been a long day, but we also know, you know, it's like, we all, as I mentioned, we all have the same amount of time, but we do, do that time is really what's going to determine the outcome, right? And it may not be obvious initially. It's like, oh, I'm doing all this stuff. But slowly that tra trajectory is, is increasing versus if you weren't doing those things, you won't have that progress, you know, six months, a year, two years down the road, right? So Yeah, it's kind of that concept of uh, a small course adjustment over time can, can yield huge results. That's right. So, uh, you know, you're doing all this, you're doing your W-2 income. I mean, you've been able to achieve some amazing things uh, over the years in, on, on the side. Um, you know, and you, you make health a, a pretty big priority. Um, how does, what, what other things do you do around health? And I mean, how does that compare when, when you have, have to say, uh, you know what, today I'm either going to have to, I'm going to get my workout done or I'm, I'm not going to be able to accomplish this goal. I mean, how do you prioritize your health? When it's it probably like, <laughs> it, is, it actually is probably more important to me than my real estate, to be honest, because if we don't have health, we have nothing, right? So I, you know, I'm getting older and it's the gray hair. So I really try to either, no, I don't try. I make a commitment to either you know, riding my bike or going to the gym or running at, at lunch. So a lot of my lunch hours I'll spend on that. And on the weekends, I do spend some time on that. So that's really important to me because I feel like, okay, hey, we don't have health, you know, what's, what's the rest of What's life worth? What's it all for? It, exactly, right? So that's a huge important thing to me to, to really focus on that. Um, I like how you said you don't try. Uh, <laughs> you either do or do not. That's right. That's something I really always tell to my students. They say, oh, they say, I'm going to try to do whatever. It's like, no, you either do or you don't, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, you, you're doing this coaching um, and how many you said so you've, you've had like 15 students uh what kind of uh what, what does that process look for what are some common pitfalls that you see uh your students running into i mean most often yeah so the process is basically you know what are people's goals it's the first thing we work on what, what are you trying to achieve and why are you trying to achieve that because it really is important to dig into the the reason behind behind something if it's just to make money there's nothing wrong with that but it may not be sustainable enough right because it takes time to get to where you want to go and if you don't have the right motivation for it you may give up on things when you don't see the results you're looking for when you don't see the outcome that you want right so so i really always look at goals and try to really dig into why those are important to them and then i think a lot of people think too small they're like well i can buy a single family home i say yeah you can but it's not going to get you very far very quickly so i really try to say you know early on it's like hey Yes, maybe you want to do a joint venture with a few people and buy, you know, a 10 or 20 unit deal. And then going forward, think about, even if you're not planning on taking investors right now, have those conversations, make yourself a thought leader, go out and start a meetup, start a blog, start, you know, a newsletter. So you can just start creating that personality, persona you want to project. And then once, you know, six months, a year, two years down the road, once you build up to that level, you already have a following, you already have people that be interested in working with you as an investor. So think about, don't think about the right now, think about where you want to be and act as if, act as if you're already there, right? So. Um, yeah, and I, I received your, your regular newsletter, Jens, and I enjoy reading it because it's, it, it has good content and um, I can learn about the business um, and learn about you as a sponsor for these deals as well. So 
I think one of the things that got me over the hump is uh, to start doing more content generation and to do these interviews and to, to do the, the newsletters is um, understanding that in order for, for people to work with you, they need to know, like, and trust you. And it's so much more effective to, to build uh, trust with many people at once by, by, by putting content out there than trying to go out and, and build those relationships on a one-to-one -one basis where when, when people want to get to know you, it's easier for them to go and look at your, your, the content that you're generating, go look at your website, look at your blog, subscribe to your newsletter. They can get to know you um, before they even put the energy and time into picking up the phone. Um, yeah, so that's uh, really valuable uh, for people just getting started in the business. And having a coach or a mentor is definitely a huge component of that as well. You know, uh, I was in Rod Cleef's mentoring program uh, and still participate in it with you once in a while, Jens. But, um, you know, having, having that, that kind of a mentorship or someone holding you accountable and someone that's experienced can really be powerful. So you've got a lot going on, Jens. So how do you... Uh, how do you keep it all moving forward when, you know, you've got this full-time job, um, you, you must be relying on other people on a team. How, how did you, uh, who do you rely on the most to help, help out with your business? And how did you, how did you find those individuals? Yeah. So obviously we can't do it all ourselves. And I live in a small town in, in Southwestern Colorado. So it's not like I have all my, most of my investments are, not local. So I think, you know, the first team member that I got was a, as a broker like yourself, and then also a property manager, right? I had to find the properties and I had to have somebody manage them. So those are kind of the two first team members. And really, I think uh, the, the way I found them was through referrals, you know, I asked somebody who you know that I should know. And uh, I got referred to, to the broker and my property manager, the same, the same person actually. Uh, and that's gone really well. And I've actually partnered with him on, on a deal. Um, what do you mind telling us what market that is or because you live in a small town you're, you're, you must not be doing a whole lot of investing in your backyard correct no this is down in Albuquerque New Mexico oh. um, it's just that you know I'm in Colorado but Denver is pretty far away and Denver is a very expensive market so Albuquerque actually made a lot more sense from you know Caswell and stuff so that's where we started investing and we we're still brand we then branched out right so so that's where we started, you know, so the, the, the property manager, the broker was some of the key members, right? Um, then as we started working on syndications, the model changes because that's, you know, then we're talking a 10, 20, $30 million deal and the team is much bigger. So on the syndication side, the general partnership side, right? You have people that, that have the broker relationships. You have people that have the, the banking relationships, the, the underwriting skills, the you know, can go and do the, the walkthroughs and everything else, right? Raise the capital. So all these people are important on a team. We try to build a team that has everybody that's required um, through that, right? So as I mentioned, you know, I can't, some of the deals we've done are not very close to me. So I, I focus on stuff that I can do remotely, like, you know, do the underwriting, look at the T12, look at the pay, the, the rent roll and all that, and really plug that in and look at it. Whereas other people that are boots on the ground can go and do the regular, uh, asset management and so forth, right? So, and I've also found out, you know, this business is one of the things I really enjoy about this business is everybody is trying to achieve something good for themselves, their family, their community and everything. So I run into all these people that just really inspire me to grow and be 
a better version of myself. And that's what I really actually kind of enjoy through this whole process. I always try to work with people that I like to work with because, you know, you're going to be in this deal for years. So you want to make sure that this is somebody that you get along with and, and, and so forth. Right. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, uh, that's so important. I think that when you're forming partnerships and every working relationship is a partnership at some, at some level and making sure that uh, you get to know the folks that you're working with on, on a deeper level and that you're, you have similar values. Um, I've seen, I've been in partnerships where um, values weren't shared or we just had very different personalities and perspectives, expectations. And if uh, you can waste a lot of time, you can lose a lot of money if you don't get that stuff ironed out early on in the relationship. So I'm curious, Jens, when you're building these relationships remotely, um, how do you, uh, is, is that seem like it's a burden to, to build those relationships remotely or um, is it just a lot of phone calls or do you try and make an in-person visit um, on a regular basis with these folks? How do you build those relationships in a, remotely? So let's say I actually, I maintain the relationship remotely. I build my relationship in person. You know, I do go to a lot of events, real estate. You know, you mentioned Rock Cleef, gone to his events regularly, I've gone to other events. And that's where I meet people in person and create that initial contact, right? You know, who's out there, who's doing deals, who are, you know, people that I like. And, you know, my current partner that we're doing some deals with right now, you know, I met him a year and a half ago at an event and we just, you know, became friends and we've seen each other five or six times since then because I've gone to his location. But I, I definitely always try to, well, I could try. I always go and do the walkthrough uh, on the property to make sure I'm comfortable with that deal before I ever get any of my investors involved in it, right? So I have spent a lot of time traveling. Um, and then, you know, once I'm back here, I will call people, text people to stay in touch that way, right? So you cannot do it all from behind your computer. And I was very much that, you know, a little bit of that, um, introvert that are just happy being in front of the computer all day long, but I realized, okay, that's only going to get me so far. So I have spent a lot of time going to events and uh, to, to create those initial relationships. Okay, great. So seminars, conferences, um, learning, learning environments um, where you can meet other people face-to-face -face has been pretty effective for you. And I think, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it shows other people that you're committed and you're serious when you can actually travel to see them or are going to these events i think it uh, it just speaks more volumes to to your level of commitment um so what what's going on in your world today uh i know we were uh you you bought some deals recently um um or do you, are you working on some syndications currently Yes, I mean, we did, we closed three deals last year in 2019, and we have a fourth one on the contract right now. You know, with the whole COVID-19, things have been put on hold a little bit. Um, so that's, that's kind of like, we, you know, our plan is to close it later this summer, June, July, whenever we can get the third party inspections and everything else sorted out, right? So. We're not really super actively looking for any larger deals right now because I think the pricing probably will be adjusted a little bit as we see what the impact on this current crisis is. So I don't want to go and pay on the tra trailing 12, you know, up through March of this year because that's going to probably be a different picture in three months. So 
I'm a, you know, if somebody comes to me and they have a good deal and they want to, they need to get out of it, I'll still take a look, but I'm not just going to, you know, spend a bunch of time actively pursuing deals right now. I think it's right now it's more like, Hey, we need to, you know, get through this crisis without it's, uh, losing our shirts. Right. So it's, it's a lot about going back in there and ensuring our operations don't spend money. We don't have to spend, make sure our tenants are, are aware of having to pay rent and, and all that. So it's really just operational right now for the next month or two, and then kind of resuming some of that activity to, to see, to, to, to procure any additional deals. Yeah, definitely. Uh, interesting times. And what are you seeing though? I mean, on a, on an operational basis, um, you know, a lot of concern right now around tenants ability to pay, pay their rent, um, especially if they work in, you know, food services or any of those non-essential, um, or public gathering spaces that have been closed down. Um, what, what's the performance, has the performance of your properties been impacted yet? I mean, we're about a month into, into this, uh, in the United States. Uh, what kind of impacts, if any, have you seen so far in, in your properties? Yeah, so I just was actually texting with my property manager early on, and she said there were on one one area of my portfolio, it's about 30-some units, 35 units, and I think we have two people that hasn't paid so far. One, one is in the hospital, not related to COVID, and the other one just hasn't paid. So that's still like 95% collection right there. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, I have heard, you know, other... Class C are, you know, definitely lagging a little bit. Uh, I don't think it's been a huge catastrophe yet. I think May, I guess there's two things that can happen in, in May, right? If the government stimulus comes through, that could help people. But if people hasn't gone back to work yet, you know, they may need that money even to buy food and stuff. So May will probably be more challenging, but I think just a continuous communication with the tenant and say, hey, you know, if you have a problem, let's work with it. Let's figure out a payment plan. Let's all let's all work together here because we're kind of in it together. And I think just the tenant's mindset, just educate them a little bit and say, Hey, you know, we can't provide services to you if you don't help us pay our bills. Right? So that's kind of the, the conversation you need to have. Right. And I think that, you know, in our, in my brokerage business, I'm in touch with a lot of commercial landlords and uh, by commercial, I mean, you know, the, the spaces that restaurants rent or retail shops rent, um, and it sounds like they're being pinched quite a bit more than the multifamily space right now because they have no income um, coming in. And it was hard for them to budget for such a crisis that would close their doors for, you know, a month or two straight. Um, so being in the multifamily space, I think it has, uh, is, is stronger right now than, than being in some of these commercial uh, spaces like strip malls. Um, in office space where, you know, now employees are employers, a lot of employers are wondering, am I ever going to bring my employees back to the office? You know, um, or is it worth downsizing and uh, just having everybody work remotely? You know, these are, this is a, could be a really big shift uh, for the economy in general in the way that we work, uh, not only in this country, but across the world. Um, but everybody still needs a place to sleep and stay dry. Right. <laughs> so that's what I, I really like about the multifamily space right now and uh, have always liked about it. It's one of those, those basic necessities. Um, well, Jens, I wanted to ask you, um, before we wrap up here, 
I, I like to get an idea of, um, you know, what resources you tell your coaching students or other people interested in learning more about this business. Um, what resources you would suggest to them? You know, is it uh, maybe not just about this business, but about mental conditioning or health? Uh, what what resources do you like? Um, do you turn books, or podcasts, websites, uh, other organizations that you would turn folks to that want to want to become uh, successful um, and, and, and find a path to the success that you've had? Yeah, so I think there's always two aspects to being successful in anything. One is your your mindset, and the other one is the skills to you know, do complete that, that, that task, if you will. Right. And I think a lot of people underestimate the, the mindset piece of it. It's like, you know, Hey, I want to go invest in real estate. And you can, you know, I, I've read all the books, well, not all the books, a lot of books around, and there's tons of great books out there. You can read to understand what is real estate investing, how to underwrite a deal, you know, what is cash flow and, you know, cash and all those, all those terms. And that's just learning another skill. It's a matter of having the confidence to go out there and take action required to get to your goals. And for that, you know, I've worked a lot on myself. You know, I've studied, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of like Tony Robbins and Jack Canfield and um, Jim Rohn. Some of those, you know, really big um, personal development um, coaches out there. And I've gone to seminars on that. I've studied read their books, studied stuff. So I think- Jack Canfield's uh, book, The Principles of Success is, is, was amazing. Yeah, I actually just got certified as a, as a Jack Canfield Success Principle coach. So I have oh, cool. studied that. So, so, cause I, like you, I, I really think that those principles are so amazing. So I, uh, I, I now I studied that and got certified. So that's pretty cool, right? Because I think just, there's no doubt that the, the, your mind, your mental conditioning is what's going to get you to where you want to go, not your ability to underwrite a deal or stuff like that. So, so that's what I'm super passionate about. Yeah. So my, I mean, my, 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 my students, right. I mean, obviously working with me as a coach that helps them, that pushes them to do those, those things. And then I also say, you know, Hey, set your goals, you know, think about what your, what your limiting beliefs are. Think about all those things and really, attack them head on right and, and make sure you you know you understand why you hesitate to do something and, and everything so there's so much stuff out there these days that you can you can learn from so um, yeah i hope that's that's kind of what i do awesome awesome i'm sure folks will uh look up some of those names um and and follow find some of their material out, out there and uh, it's you can never go wrong with trying to more firmly establish what your goals are um, because if you don't know the destination, you're never going to get on the right path. <laughs> Any road will do, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It's the dust and the wind. Um, so, Jens, if folks want to learn more about you or get in touch, uh, where would you turn them? Yes, yeah, so my website is opendoors with an S capital dot com. And, uh, you know, I'm on, you know, social media and stuff, but the links are on that. So, opendoors with an S opendoorscapital.com. And if anybody wants to get on a free call, I like to get on the people, you know, investors or people that are interested in coaching, they go to opendoorscapital.com slash call and they can book a free 20 minute call with me. So that's kind of my giving back to the community. No, no commitments. You want to talk about anything. And I've had like over a hundred calls here in the last year with various people that just want to learn. And, uh, you know, it's just great to connect with people. That's why we have all these new technologies and people like you putting out content and we just, we just grow the community. So. That's well, I, offer. I've always, uh, I've always 
appreciate your demeanor and approach to things, Jens. It's very logical and uh, goal-orientated approach. So I'm sure that um, some of our followers will follow up and um, look at your website and get some more information. That was opendoorscapital.com. Yep. And um, we'll also put that in our show notes and, and uh, try and find your social media tags here. But I appreciate so much of your time uh, today, Jens. And uh, I hope we can uh, do this again sometime soon. And hopefully the uh, economy is, is a little more robust and we have a better understanding, but you've, you've, uh, there's an opportunity for you to possibly get some deals coming up. Hopefully that works out. That's right. Thanks, Jason. That was a lot of fun. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Jens. Hi there, this is Dustin, producer for the JW Equity Partner Show. Would you want to live forever? Would you like to have unfathomable happiness? Well, good luck with that. But if you're trying to raise money for an investment property or you're just trying to buy or sell commercial real estate, that's more our specialty. So to get started, you can reach out to Jason on his Facebook or LinkedIn pages or check us out at jwequitypartners.com. Thanks again.